Lord Jesus, I pray that we will unite with all your creation in praising your name. And may the Sabbath teach us to do just that. In your name we pray. Amen. I want you to pull out your connection cards here at the beginning of the service, at the beginning of the sermon. That is this thing you got in your bulletin. Just go ahead and pull that out real quick, please, if you do that. And take out a pen. And there on the back of your connection card is a question. And I want you to write down the first thing that comes to your mind or your memory when I say the word Sabbath. What comes to your mind or your memory when I say the word Sabbath? You can turn these in at the door when you go. I'd love to see what some of your answers are. Right now, what is the first thing? If I say Sabbath, there's no wrong answer. It can be a positive thing or a negative thing. I'm not going to be bothered by anyone. I'm not going to share this with anyone. But what's the first thing that comes to your mind when we say the Sabbath? What pops into your brain? What do you remember? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8 tells us something. It says, remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day. This is the second part in our four-part series on the Sabbath. But that starts with remember the Sabbath day. And what do we remember on the Sabbath day? What, what pops into our mind when we think about the Sabbath? Last week we talked about what the foundation of the Sabbath should be as far as, as our response. How the theology of our Sabbath should be built uh, around the idea of having a celebration. That we shouldn't build a theology on the negations related to the Sabbath. Many of us, we mentioned, have, 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 have had an entire theology built upon the negations of the Sabbath. You can't do this, you don't do this, you better not do this. And we talked about how, how, how a lot of us, when we think of the Sabbath, we think of, of a restricted uh, uh, response that we are to have, when really the Bible teaches us that the Sabbath is to be a day of celebration. We talked about how, how if we build uh, our, our Sabbath theology on rules and, and parameters and not on what it was really meant to be built upon, then the Sabbath will become a burden. Now, the reason why this is a, a scary thing, not only because none of us want to have more burdens in our life, we already have plenty of them, but, but three things happen when, one of three things will happen when the Sabbath becomes a burden. We either will reject it. There's some people that if a burden shows up in their life, they just get rid of it. Whatever that thing is, they just get rid of it. So when we see some of our young people rejecting the Sabbath, some of them probably have because it's been a burden upon their shoulders. It's been a burden upon their lives. So, so we either reject. One of the things that we may do is we reject this beautiful gift that God has given us. Another thing that happens is, is we become indifferent towards the Sabbath. And we begin to just go through the motions. We, we know that we can't live up to the burden. Yet at the same time, we don't want to reject it because we're scared of what that may mean. And so we just kind of go through the motions and we become indifferent. Sabbath is about going to church, going home, eating something, taking a nap, and then moving on with our, with our lives. The third thing that could happen if the Sabbath becomes a burden is that we become legalistic. We come, become legalistic in trying to keep all the negations, all the parameters, all the rules of the Sabbath. Now that said, I said this last week, and again I want to reiterate it this week, that this does not do away with the guidelines in relation to the Sabbath. God clearly laid out some, 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 some thoughts and some perspective on, 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 on Sabbath observance. It simply removes them, though, as the focus. We want to remove them as our focus. 
As Abraham Joshua Heschel said, the Sabbath teaches all beings whom to praise. That is the purpose of the Sabbath, to teach us who we are to give praise and glory to. And who are we to praise? Well, Mark chapter 2 and verse 28 tells us this. The Son of Man is Lord of what? The Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath directs us to praise and celebrate not itself, not a day. Remember, we talked about when we begin to focus on the negations or we focus on all the rules, a lot of times what we actually end up doing is worshiping and and celebrating a day. But the Sabbath is not to worship and celebrate a day. What the Sabbath is supposed to teach us to do is to teach us to worship Jesus, to love Jesus, to give, to give praise and honor to Jesus. Sometimes the Sabbath leads people to a specific church. You find people that, that become Seventh-day Adventists because they have believed the Sabbath truth, and yet they've never really embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But the Sabbath is to teach us, is to direct us, is to, to guide us towards the Lord of the Sabbath, who is Jesus. So celebration is, is the function of the Sabbath, this, of our Sabbath theology. Last week's sermon is available online and video and audio if you care to, to catch up on it if you weren't here. But the Sabbath teaches us, how the Sabbath does this is it teaches us to remember two very important things. Two very important things. The first two big ideas. The first of those is found in Genesis chapter 1. If you want to turn in your Bibles there to Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. I'm reading the English Standard Version, but any version will do. We have New International in the pew racks in front of you. We have Wi-Fi that you can access the Bible if you need to. But Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. The Bible tells us this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Created, God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Verse 28. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Verse 31. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And then the very next passage, the next three verses tell us this, in Genesis chapter two, verses one through three. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts, by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Big idea number one. Something we need to remember, that the Sabbath teaches us to remember. The Sabbath, Sabbath is, is to remind us, to help us to remember that we are created beings. 
that we are created beings. Not only is God the creator, he is our creator. Not only is, is the expanse as we look out the windows and it's a little dreary today, but, but as we look at the, the beauty coming up in the springtime, not only is the creator of that, but he is our creator. You and I were created by an almighty and a loving and a powerful God. The truth is this, folks. You can run away from God. You can reject God. You can say you want nothing to do with God. You can hate God. You can deny the existence of God. You can believe in alternative theories on how you came into being. But the truth is, the truth is, this doesn't take away the fact that no matter who you are, no matter what you believe, you are created by a God that loves you. And when God finished that work, you were the, you, you that crowning pinnacle of that work. God looked at it all and said, it's very good. And he said, and now I'm gonna take a Sabbath. The Sabbath reminds us of our creator, God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You see, before the Bible lays out any rules or parameters regarding the Sabbath, before there is a fourth commandment, we see that the Sabbath is established in part to cause us to pause and reflect on God as our creator and his creation. The Bible clearly establishes the reality that Sabbath reminds us that God is our creator. It's not just here in Genesis, but we see it carried on throughout the Bible. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, it's the commandment. And a lot of times we remember the part of the, thou shalt not do any labor. But, but why is that? Why is that? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And then there's some instructions that God gives. And then verse 11, he says, because in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, this reference to creation. God wants to remember, why do we remember the Sabbath? Some of us remember the Sabbath to keep all the rules. But the, the rules were just God telling us this is a way in which to keep the Sabbath. This is a way in which to have the Sabbath be a blessing. But the reason why he wanted you to remember was not because of the rules. He wanted you to remember that he's your creator, that he's your maker, that he loves you. The Bible continues to teach us this idea. In the book of Revelation, if you want to turn there to the book of Revelation, the three angels' message, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. Even though there is no direct mention of the word Sabbath within this text, we still find the command to worship and praise and to celebrate the Creator. And many scholars, a great, a great deal of scholars, see this, this, this direction of this angel in the three angels' message as, as a clear connection to the Sabbath, a clear allusion to the Sabbath. Verse 7, Fear God, the Bible says, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and the springs of water. No direct mention of the Sabbath, but again, the reminder to worship God, an allusion to the fourth commandment. Again, New Testament scholars affirm that this is a verbal parallel between the commandment of God in Exodus and, and the New Testament counsel to follow God's command still. When we remember the Sabbath, what God wants us to do is to move from being worshipers of rules and parameters, to move away from being worshipers of a day, to being, move away from simply remembering what we can't do, to being celebrators of the Lord of the Sabbath. And we do so 
by remembering that he is our creator. Remembering the reality of our relationship, that he is our creator. Why is this so important? Well, because first, when we pause to celebrate the Sabbath and to remember we were created by the hands of a loving God, we are reminded of Jesus. Folks, when we pause to remember that we are created by God, it's not simply just to remind us that we are created beings, but it's to remind us again of Jesus. This points us back to Jesus. Remember the book of John, John chapter one, tells us that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and then verse three says, uh, in First John, or in John chapter one, Verse three says, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, we were made by Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus. Before he came to this earth as a human, we were made by this Jesus. And then I love verse 16 there in John chapter one. And of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Do we see the connection? There's a connection at the beginning of John to the reminder that we are created. And then there, a few verses later, the reminder that the same Jesus that made us also remakes us. The same Jesus that makes us also has given us grace. Also has given us grace. Why is this important? Turn to Ephesians chapter two and verse eight. Ephesians two and verse eight. Such a wonderful verse that we all need to plant in our hearts. For by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. And this is not of your own works so that no man can boast. This is not of your own works, but it is the gift of God. And this is the big idea, the second big idea that we are to remember when we think of the Sabbath. What, when someone says, oh, the Sabbath, what is it that you think of? Hopefully the first thing that we remember is that we are created by a loving and a caring and a passionate God. And then I'd hope we would also remember the second big idea that the Sabbath hopefully teaches us to remember. The, the other reason why we need to remember the Sabbath is because the Sabbath reminds us that we have been saved by grace. We have received the grace of Jesus Deuteronomy chapter five and verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter five and verse 12. This was taught in the Old Testament. This isn't just a New Testament idea. This was taught in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter five, beginning in verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant, female servant, ox, donkey, or any of the cattle, nor the stranger who is within your gates, that your male and your female servant may rest as well as you. And remember that you, are a and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This command that God gave, we, we think of it oftentimes just in the context of, of, of maybe the, the first Exodus chapter 20, the first distillation of this commandment. But God gave us this, this direction, this instruction as well. And he says to the Hebrew people, another reason why, I, I want you to remember the Sabbath because I want you to remember where you came from. 
I want you to remember that I'm your creator. But another reason why I want you to remember the Sabbath is because I want you to remember as well that I'm your deliverer, that I'm your redeemer, that I'm the one who forgives you, though I'm the one that gives you grace, that I'm the one that has released you from slavery. Don't we, in 2016, need the Sabbath to remind us of this as well? Romans chapter six, verses 17 and 18. Romans chapter six, verses 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that you, that's you and me, that's us, that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching of which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. Don't we need to know that, that we're no longer slaves under the bondage of a, of, a, of a wicked oppressor, which is Satan and sin? Don't we need that reminder in our, in our modern world? Folks, the only true freedom and rest that we'll ever have, and the young people that are in here, the only freedom and, and true rest that you will ever find in your life and true peace that you will ever find in your life is in knowing that Jesus has forgiven you, that Jesus has given you forgiveness. True peace. The Sabbath reminds us of this type of rest and peace in a more intricate way than we may realize. In Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, it talks about how the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, it says, God ended his work. And then in verse three, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now here, here it says that God rested. And the word used for rested is a word that many of us are familiar with. It is the word Shabbat, where we get our word Sabbath, where we get the, where the Spanish word sabado and many other languages get their word for Sabbath. And this word Shabbat means to rest, to observe rest. It literally means to cease from labor. And many of us, when we think about the Sabbath, we, we think of that aspect. We love that aspect. There's nothing wrong with rejoicing in that aspect. How many of you are glad that you can, can rest a little today and you don't have to be driven by your work schedule? Anyone glad about that today? Amen. But God wanted us to understand this rest at a deeper and a more full meaning. There was something more about the Sabbath that God wanted us to remember in regards to the concept of rest than just ceasing from, from labor or from toil. It wasn't just an end of his creative works. It's not just an end of our work week, but there's a deeper rest that God wanted to put into our minds. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, what many of us see is a law, but really it is a passage of great love and, and great grace and, and great beauty. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. And then it goes on to say how we should not work. And many of us, again, only think of this commandment in the, in the context of the cessation of labor. But then verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. But this time the word for rest isn't Shabbat. It's not the word Shabbat. God who wrote out the commandments with his, with his very own fingers, God who, who inspired the writers of the scripture, he wanted to convey another type of rest to us when he talks about the Sabbath. A, a deeper rest than just ceasing from labor. And so he used the word Manua, 
Be careful with that word. You could, you know, say it a little wrong. Manua, which we translate as rest. But manua goes beyond the meaning of Shabbat, of, of the cessation of labor. Manua means this. It means to enter into divine rest, to enter into the happiness, the delight, the joy, the fullness, the stillness, the peace that passes all understanding of being in the presence of a Savior. That is the meaning of rest in the commandment of God. Not just stop working, but find rest in me. Folk, there is only one way I know of to have that kind of rest, and that is in, is in accepting the gift of Jesus. It's in accepting the gift of Jesus. The Bible tells us, Jesus said to us, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I have come that you may have life and that you might have it to the abundance, to the fullest. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Rest, restoration, fullness of life, rejoicing, peace. These are only found in our understanding that we have been delivered from the bondage of sin through Jesus Christ. That's the only way these are found. The Sabbath reminds us of all this. Why did Jesus say, remember the Sabbath day? Do he simply want us to remember a law? Do he simply want us to remember his works? Or was he desiring for us to remember something so much richer, so much more rich? No wonder Satan has tried to distract us from the Sabbath. No wonder Satan has tried to destroy the truth about the Sabbath. And for those who he's not been able to destroy that truth in their lives, no wonder he's tried to, to get us to focus on the rule and the law aspect of the Sabbath. Why? Because he doesn't want you to remember that you were made by a God who loves you and cares about you and that has, has your best interest in mind at every step of the way. He doesn't want you to remember that, that the same creator that loved us so much that he got down on his hands and knees and fashioned humanity. He doesn't want us to remember that this same creator loved you so much that he came down to this earth. Even after we had rejected him, he came down to this earth to deliver us, to give us freedom, to give us rest from the bondage of sin. Satan doesn't want you to remember this. And so he says, remember anything else about the Sabbath. Remember the rules. Remember the regulations. Remember the frustration you had watching that sun go so slowly down in the sky. But don't remember that you were made by a creator that loves you. Don't remember that he's freed you from sin. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You Heard that text before, Mark chapter two and verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I've heard some preachers interpret this text to mean that since Sabbath was made for us, God wants us to, this is a day about whatever we wanna do to have fun. I've heard preachers and other systems preach that sometimes. I've heard even some within our own ranks at times use this text to say, well, the Sabbath was made for me, then that means God wants me to make the choice on what I wanna do. If I want to go to the movies this Sabbath, then I'm going to go to the movies. If I want to go shopping, that's what I like to do. The Sabbath was made for me. I'm going to do it. 
If I want to ha- have my kids playing sports on Sabbath, that's, that's what I want to do because that's, that's my Sabbath. Some have not maybe gone that far from that, but they made the Sabbath this. The Sabbath is for me, and so if I want to take a nap all day, then that's what the Sabbath is for. If, I don't, if it's about not working, then that's what the Sabbath is for because people have taken this to mean it is their day. But could Jesus have meant something else when he said the Sabbath was made for man, or was made for man and not man for the Sabbath? Could it be that Jesus, our maker, understands us enough? Could it be that Jesus understands our psychology, our, our mental makeup enough that, that, that he knew we needed to remember the Sabbath and that the Sabbath, needed to, the Sabbath was for us emotionally and mentally. Not for the typical rest that we all associate with Sabbath, which is perfectly fine. We should cease, we should pause, we should remember that God is in charge. But mentally, folks, the Sabbath was made for you. Because humanity is desperate and in need of two very profound truths whether you are a believer in God or not a believer in God. The Sabbath reminds us of two truths that humanity is in desperate need of. This week I was reading a couple different articles and reading, researching some studies on some things that, that show that children who are adopted, even children that are in adopted families that they're completely content in, and they're, they're happy with their, with their adopted parents and they're happy with their adopted siblings and, and they rejoice and they, they, they love them just like they would their own parents. Even kids who are in these types of adopted situations, studies have shown that it is still natural for them to desire to know where they actually came from. And not only is it natural for them to know where they actually came from, it is also it is also healthy for them to understand where they came from. These articles were all promoting the idea that, that adopted parents, don't, don't discourage your kids from wanting to know about their past. Encourage them because there is something, these articles are saying there is something in the psyche of, of us as humans that, that, that need to understand where we came from, that we came from somewhere. Why do I like to sing? Why are my eyes green? Why am I bald already? Whatever it may be. This is something that people desire to know. And folks, within humanity, it's something that we desire to know as well. Do you think God knew in our psychological makeup, in our, in, our, in our mental makeup, do you think that he knew that we would need a reminder of where we came from? That we would need something that would, that would remind us that we're not here by accident. That we would need something that would remind us that, 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 that we weren't just a moment in time, a, a chance, a blip in history. Do you think that, that God in his infinite wisdom knew that our psychological being knew that we would be, need to be reminded that we were created? Think of evolutionary theory, even those who purport deistic evolution. They do so 
They do so, folks, at the detriment of society. Satan, by getting rid of the Sabbath, has helped to usher in these views. The Sabbath was the tool in which God wanted to use to remind us that we are created beings. Not that we're some chance of some explosion or some evolution of an animal, but that we were created by the hands of a loving and almighty God. And by ushering in these views, Satan has damaged the psychological makeup of mankind. The reason why people say there is no purpose and there is no point and there is no there's no. Hope in life is because they've forgotten, they forgot to remember that they were made by the hands of a loving God. And Sabbath was that tool by which God wanted to remind us that we were made by the hands of a loving God. That's why we celebrate the Sabbath, to remember that Jesus made us and he loves us. The second thing Jesus knew about our psyche Here's the second thing that Jesus knew about our psyche and and why he wants us to remember the Sabbath because it reminds us of the forgiveness of Jesus. Jesus knew about our psyche is that we wither. We wither, we melt, we feel crushed under the weight of condemnation and a lack of forgiveness. I mean, just think about it. Those of you that have said to someone, some of you young people have had fights at school and you've said to someone, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And when that person says to you, no, does anyone walk away like, cool, well, at least I tried. Hey, high five. No one does. We may even try to be cool about it and say, well, at least I tried. But inside of us, when someone says they don't forgive us, what happens to us? What happens to us? I'll share with you, uh, you know, I I always am probably overly honest, so I'm going to be overly honest again right now in this moment. I'm not always the best parent. I don't know if you were aware of that or not. I don't know if I fooled you on that part. Um, But especially with my oldest, you know, with your oldest kid, you're just trying to figure things out and we all need to pray for extra grace for our oldest children. Um, But our oldest kid, uh, Dayton, I know that uh, early on in his years, I think I've gotten better at this, but, but early on, I remember some times when he was younger and he would do something and he'd realize that what he did was wrong. And he would, he would look at me, and he would say to me, Daddy, I'm sorry. And oh, how I wish that I had said, it's okay, buddy, I understand. But being a dummy, I sometimes would just stand there and just kind of glare at him. Anyone ever had a parent glower at you or glare at you? Um, and I would just kind of look at him. And, and what would happen to him in that moment? His face would, would get more angst on it. And he would, he would sometimes grab my arm, Daddy, I'm sorry. His voice would raise and, and there'd be more tension in his voice. And if I just, Daddy, tears would start to flow. Why? Because we wither under the lack of forgiveness. See, God knew about us that we need to be reminded regularly that we have been delivered from sin, that we have been forgiven, that we are loved, that we are cared for, that we can find fullness and peace and true rest from the bondage of sin in the loving arms of Jesus. The Sabbath, we need to remember the Sabbath because the Sabbath reminds us of Jesus, that he is our maker 
that he is our savior. That we were not an accident. That we were made with love. And that we are sustained by the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Satan knows that we need these two things. No wonder he attacks the Sabbath the way he does. Why must the focus shift away from the rules and the regulations to the celebration? Because the Sabbath was given not to control, but to remind us that we came from a loving God and that we are safe because God has forgiven us and that we can have peace in this unpeaceful world. We need the Sabbath to remember Jesus. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that all ultimate rest is found in you. We thank you that you gave us the Sabbath to remind us of those two things we need, that we came from somewhere because we are loved and we are created and we are special, and that we are going somewhere because we are forgiven, because we are loved, and because we are special in the eyes and in the heart of you. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we go throughout the rest of this day and as we remember the Sabbath, may we remember you, Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath and all that you've done for us. In your name we pray, amen.